Hi guys, it's your one and only Roki Bello. For people just hearing of me, I'm a podcaster that wants to inform people about Nigerian history, one podcast at a time. My podcast is to help people learn more about Nigerian history. So without further ado, let's start the podcast. From now on, I decided to give you guys fun Nigerian facts before we start the podcast. Today's fun fact is that Nigeria has over 525 spoken languages. This is why I sometimes get annoyed when people ask me if I speak Nigerian, since there are just so many languages in Nigeria. In case you guys are wondering, I speak Yoruba, which is a language from my tribe, the Yoruba tribe. In this episode, I decided to talk about the Hawusa Kingdom. The Hawusa Kingdom was a group of small independent states in northern central Africa, between the Niger River and Lake Chad, which prospered from the 15th to 18th century CE. The origins of the Hawusa cities are not known, but theories include a migration of people from southern Sahara who ditched their fatherlands following the inflated desiccation of the area. So they designated new territories in order to become known as the Hawusa Kingdom. An alternative hypothesis proposes that the Hawusa people initially lived on the western shore of Lake Chad, and when the lake shrank because of climate change, they populated this unique and fruitful land and then distributed to the north and west area. These are all reasonable theories, but there's no proof to back it up as there's no, as there's no archaeological evidence to support either of these two theories. This theory says, um, there's another theory that says that the Hausa had not migrated from anywhere, but they were indigenous to the region. To support this theory, it lies in the truth that there's no custom of migration in Hausa's history. Even though there's no concrete theory on how they formed, there is a legend known as the Dura legend. This presumably dates to the 16th century CE and echoes the augmented influence of Islam in the religion at that time. According to the uh, tradition, Bayishida, uh, a prince from Baghdad, arrived at the court of the ruler of the kingdom of Kahin, acquiring a, neg- a negative blowout. Bayada captured and captained eastwards until he reached the city of Dura. There, the queen and her kingdom were being persecuted by a grand snake. Bayada stepped in and destroyed the problematic serpent and promptly matched the queen. Together, they had a son dubbed uh, Baogari who went on to have six sons of his own, each which evolved to the monarch of the Hawusa city-state. Meanwhile, Bayada had another son, this time with one of his concubines. This illegitimate son called Car- uh, Karbogari had seven sons, and each went on to oversee seven other Hawusa cities. This story neatly exemplifies how the Various uh, cities were designated, but not, of course, just where Dura and the Queen reached from. Wherever they started, by the early 15th century CE, many small Hawusa chiefdoms had come together to construct several walled cities, which restrained their surrounding countryside. Traditionally, there were seven city-states, but there are in fact many more. The seven city-states were Zaria, Keino, Castina, Biram, Gobir, Reno, and Dura. Each city had its own king or ruler, called the Sarkin Casa, who was recommended by a visor called the Galidima, and had a smallish council of elders, typically made of nine members who are also determined the next ruler in line. Various officials were appointed by the king, for example, to manage taxes and business duties, to direct the king's and city's cavalry units or infantry, 
support protection of roadways and examine individual crops. The city ruled over very small chiefdoms or villages in its immediate vicinity, each ruled by a chief or sakingari. The third tier of this political pyramid was the family clan or Gida, many of which made up a separate village. Agarian Hawusa inhabitants were agriculturalists who operated the land which belonged to the community as a whole. Over time, the city-states evolved better centralized. This procedure was deteriorated by the kings handing out plots of lands as bounties to certain individuals. Hawusa agribusiness also evolved laboriously reliant on slaves. Meanwhile, the association with the main city of each kingdom was sophisticated. Although conquered by the Hawusa, there were slaves, craft workers, merchandisers, ministerial officers, intellectuals, nooks, and aristocrats connected or to preferred by the king. The Hawusa states bartered gold, ivory, salt, iron, tin, weapons, horse, dyed cotton cloth, cola nuts, glassware, metalware, ostrich feathers, and hides. There stood marketing with the seaside region of West Africa, called the Oyo in the, in the Bight of Benin and the Songhai Empire from 1460 to 1591 CE to the east. Slaves were an essential source of revenue for the cities, but Zaria specialized in developing slaves by invasions to the south. Cities specialized in, manu in manufacturing goods or particular goods. For instance, dyes, particularly indigo, were, were heavily made in Castina and Dura, or silverware jewelry or was made at Kibi and Zamafra. Hawusa land evolved notable for its finely performed leather goods, such as the dampless pouches, harnesses, saddles, and pockets to transport goods for the province, trade fleets. Various crafts were organized into guilds, which ensured standards were maintained and prices were kept reasonable. Hawusa agriculture motivated by such techniques as production as the production process and the use of fertilizers. They cultivated crops that contained millet, sorghum, rice, maize, peanuts, beans, henna, tobacco, and onions. In addition to fishing and hunting, which were carried out and goats were, ra goats were raised, important for ritual sacrifices, and donkeys were bred, the, princip the principal form for transport. Each city had its own market where both men and women pawned their, wear their wares, and many cities had international trade markets where merchants bartered in proportions. Goods were engaged in style though, including salt, cloth, slaves, which were all used as a standardized form of currency. The additional Hawusa homes were made from dry mud bricks and applied in rows usually utilizing a mortar with the pointy rear uh, pointing upwards. The borders are then encountered with application and either painted or had incised decorations. Houses were further decorated with sculpted additions, again using mud, creating three-dimensional uh, geomet geometric designs, such as interlaced patterns and spirals. They secured roofing by achieving a cr or creating mud vault, which strengthened the frame of split palms and palm fronds. An architectural, or, I'm sorry, our our architectural feature particular to Hawusa land. Each house had its enclosed, enclosed elevated wall, which contained further structures to it. The central city were protected by gigantic fortif uh, fortification walls. 
an articulation of the systematic siege warfare that went on in the Hausa kingdom throughout the history. The area inhabited by Hausa land was essentially unaffected by Islam until the 14th century CE. Ultimately though, a condition of Islam was embraced and adjusted following the collection of Muslim merchandisers, ministers, intellectuals who arrived from the east, the Niger River arch area. Islam was generally combined with conventional animist, animist uh, practices and was so accepted for its distinctive par- uh, properties and qualities in the area, not including any saleable motivation to accumulate popularity with unfamiliar vendors like the Husa rulers and privileged. Algerian inhabitants confirmed as challenging as in other parts of Africa to comprehensively habilitate the new religion despite occasionally lethal techniques such as the uh, demolition of sanctums and the burning of archaic holy forest. Despite this antagonism for some leaders and greatly for the rural masses, Islam accomplished a clutch and a stronghold in the region. Mosques were built in cities and one of the oldest surviving remains of these earlier systems was the dried mud of the mosque at Castina, which dates back to as early as 15th century CE. Connections with the neighborhood Songhai Empire were not permanently peaceful, as when, as slightly according to chronicler Leo Africanus, the Saho King and um, Asika Mohammed, they operated to suppress the municipalities mun- uh, of Castina, Kano, and Gobert, causing them shortly to become tributary states. It may have been a disarray, it brought out smaller neighboring states as the Songhai documents and those from Timbuktu, for of course are extremely silent on the subject. Meanwhile, Hawusa states assembled periodic raids in the south in the Benu Valley against various people, including the Bauchi, the uh, Gongola, the Jukun, and the Yarui. The Fulanani migrative um, cattle farmers from Senegal had migrated across Africa to Lake Chad in the mid-16th century. They settled in Awusa land and conveyed with them another swell in warfare, uh, specifically religion warfare, religion warfare in the 18th century CE. The Fulanali ditched their people in evangelism, <laughs> I'm sorry, evangelism and established a spiritual war in the region. In this, the Fulanali were assisted by the occasionally long-standing rivalries between Hawusa cities, the interior conflicts between the aristocrats and several city-states, and a naturally disaffected populace, which had extended more impoverished while the Wusa trading aristocrats had expanded richer. Thus, from 1804 CE, the Fulanani leader Ushman Danfurio overpowered all the Wusa city-states, habilitating, hab- habilitating them to Islam. Ushman Danfurido, Fudido, I'm sorry, Ushman Danfurio, who was himself a Hawusa city-state from the Hawusa city-state of Gobert, then proceeded on to develop his empire and designate his capital at Sokodo in 1817 CE, which gives, it, which gives its representation to this new state. The history of the Hawusa kingdom is very interesting, and I'm happy to share it all with you. This is all for episode one. If you guys want to know my sources, email me at rakib at gmail.com, R-A-Q-I-B-A-D-I-O at gmail.com to get information on it. This is all for Nigerian History for Rakib. Now follow up with you guys next Wednesday. Don't forget to stay curious. Thank you.